Hey guys, and welcome back to the Winging It podcast. I'm Lucy Hitchcock, founder, podcast host, rosé lover, and dog mum. After I discovered the London agency life and corporate world made me severely unhappy, I left my nine to five job in 2015 and founded my own digital marketing agency, Sassy Digital. After carving out my own career path, I found that lots of others were reaching out to me on Instagram asking how I'd managed to create my dream career and have a life that I love because of it. So the Winging It podcast was born. I want to help business babes and career women all over the world do the same as me and have a career that makes them happy, whether that's working for someone else or starting your own business. In 2020, during a global pandemic, I founded my second business, Partner in Wine, after discovering that I had nothing to keep my beloved rosé cool on the go while having socially distanced drinks with my friends. I created the Partner in Wine, an insulated bottle shaped like a wine bottle that holds a full bottle of wine, keeps it cool for up to 24 hours in the summer and warm for up to 12 hours in the winter. You're listening to Series 4, This series, I'm going through each and every step that I took that has made Partner in Wine the success that it is today. Just six months after launch, not only have we had a sellout Christmas, we've now moved into a fulfillment centre to keep up with demand. We've been featured in several publications such as Good Housekeeping magazine, The Sun and The Mirror. We've collaborated with my all-time favourite rosé brand, Mirabu, And we have had some really, really exciting developments, which I will share with you throughout 2021. So in this series, let's learn how to successfully bring a product to market. This series is for everyone. Whether you're thinking about launching, you've already got a product out there and you want to emulate the success, or you're just interested to see what it takes to bring an idea to life. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Wing It podcast. I am sat, well, I'm sat in my room. I was about to say I'm sat here with Emma, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm sat here with the lovely Emma from, is it, do you say it bow tie? Yeah, some people think it's beauty or beauty, but it's, it is bow tie. Well, thank you for clarifying that. I shall now <laughs> pronounce it correctly because I'm always like, yeah, beauty, UK. Emma, do you want to explain who you are and what you do to people who are listening that may not have heard of you before? Yeah, okay. So I'm Emma from Bowtie and it is a luxury accessories brand and that includes a men's collection, so like pocket squares, bow ties and ties, a range of scrunchies that I launched this year and a pet range called Dog and Bow and predominantly handmade by me using reclaimed and vintage fabrics. Love it. And you go and source, do you go and source all your fabrics from like charity shops? How do you do it? Because I'm literally like fascinated by your stories. Yeah, pretty much charity shops or bedding on eBay. Like I buy a lot of vintage bedding and curtains to get like velvet. I was going to say, I guess the bigger the fabric, the more you can make. Yeah, and it's always better because I prefer to have, obviously if one's like popular, it's nice if you've got a lot of it. But yes, I'm constantly in bidding wars and checking my eBay and constantly in charity shops. Oh my gosh, that really stresses me out. I can't deal with like the not knowing whether I'm going to get something or not. Oh yeah, I mean... Constantly life on the edge, but it's all part of the fun, mate. What's your success rate? <laughs> um, well, I don't generally have anything like specific that removes the pressure. I just go in, see what I find, come out. <laughs> Sounds really basic. Love it. Simple. So going back to the start of your career, 
-hmm. what was like I always ask people this question what was the first job that you ever had or a kind of odd job that makes a good story um so I used to work on what was technically a play bus what yeah so this is a good one (gasps) it was a double decker red bus it had been converted to be like so we would go to I think it was four different locations in Swindon where I live it was called the Octobus, so I don't know if anybody listening to this will know what that is. And we'd go to like quite like underprivileged areas where there just wasn't much going on for the kids. So then we'd come along and then they'd come on and they could do different activities with us for like a couple of hours, like one evening a week. So we'd have different locations that we go to. And yeah, so that was my job. And that was when I was about 19. And I'd just be like braiding hair or playing like, have you ever played like the giant Connect Four where the ones are like the size of like... Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? And you'd come up with like making plays and stuff. It was so much fun. Such a weird job. Oh my God, I love that. That yeah. is slightly odd. i tell you what I did. Well, I guess it's not the same, but it's kind of similar. I actually used to work at like a summer holiday camp and we did all kinds uh, of yeah. random stuff like that. Definitely like similar vibes to that because as well as evenings, every summer it was like every day throughout August. I also feel like when you're a big kid, like getting to play those games and like just do all that sort of stuff, fun. Yeah, so much so fun. We like face painting, but then at one point, all the girls wanted the Playboy bunny painted on them, and I was like, "Oh, you sure?" (gasps) (laughs) They'd heard someone say it at school. Maybe they didn't quite know what it meant. I feel like we had a stage like that at school, though, where everyone like came in and like Playboy stuff. My mum was like, "You are not wearing that," and everyone else had it, and I was like, "Oh, mum, it's so not cool." Oh yeah, like the slogan T-shirts, and you wouldn't know that they mean something completely appropriate and you're just like this is cool this is really cool what a nice <laughs> slogan yeah so talk us through what led you to starting your own business because I always find this is really interesting because obviously when I ask people what their first job is versus like where they are now there's usually some sort of journey that kind of took you there and I think it's quite interesting to hear it because obviously people who are aspiring to start their own business come from all different backgrounds mm. it probably came from so I used to do when I was, I think I was 16, do you ever remember like the body shop parties where you would go around to people's houses with all the products and like do like little demos and have like little parties? Yeah. Yeah, I used to do that when I was 16, which I think is mental now because I wasn't confident then at all. I don't know how I presented all these products to a room of adults, but I did. So wait, do people book these parties and you go to their house or was it one of those like, you know, you have to like find people and then do it like that sort of thing? Yeah, it was more like, I think I rinsed every single person that I knew and my parents knew and then I quit. <laughs> I think I ran out. I ran out of people who to go to but um yeah so I did that and I really loved like obviously it wasn't my own business because I was working for someone but it, I was in charge to an extent like I got to choose what stock to order in and I was in charge while I was at these people's houses and I just loved that side of it so I think that's probably like my first little taster of business and then when I was at college I used to paint onto t-shirts like lyrics or like went for a phase of painting twiggy or like famous people like for friends and sell them on ebay did you oh my god are you really good at art yeah. You're good oh, at painting. Yeah, that sounds really lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I am. Yeah, I am. Delete that. Um, <laughs> I love drawing. Like, I do love drawing. I haven't done it in a long time because no time. But, yeah, so I used to do that. That's where the creativity came from then? Yeah, 100%. Like, I always said, even when I was from about, like, six years old, I always said I wanted to be a fashion designer, and I just never changed that opinion. That opinion? That's what I would. That, um... Dream. No? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And that, yeah, that stuck. And at uni, I did business with fashion and textiles. So that kind of all merged as well. So I think a combination of all of that combined is that the history of me is what got me where I am now, I would say. What was the point that you decided to start your business? So I think it came from, 
I was just going around charity shops, <laughs> always, and I just found like a load of vintage clothes. And I thought at the time, like, oh, maybe I could start selling vintage clothes online, like set up a little shop. Then my colleague, who I was working at the time, said about how there's this little trend about girls wearing bow ties and like Ellie Golden was wearing like an award ceremony there's a whole androgynous look she was like oh you could like experiment with making those so I had looked into that and like beading them embroidering them it's so different to what I then went into but when I like tried making I was like oh this could work and just toyed with the idea of listing them and then I basically cut up everything that I bought as those clothes and they turned into bow ties and then it kind of evolved into a business but it was never like I want to start a business it kind of happened almost from like a little hobby that grew into a business but had like the name and stuff but it I never like imagined it being like this big thing yeah so you were doing that on the side as well as like your full-time job and then when did you leave that so I'd started in I started listing like my products in October 2012 and then I left my full-time job in July 2013 oh my god that's a long time me you're smashing it yeah I know I know yeah I've been doing this for a long time but yeah, so I left my full-time job with the intention of getting like a part-time job. But I didn't leave like because my business was doing so well. I left because I had a horrible boss and I just couldn't be there another second. Oh, I feel you. I knew after having two bad bosses that I wanted to be in charge of my own job massively. So that definitely played a part. Yeah, I really feel that. So when you left, you were doing bow ties and dog accessories. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then talk me through the scrunchy thing because I feel like that's a recent thing. Yeah, massively. That came as a result of the first lockdown. So like in March, because it was basically like wedding season was off. And that's like what I rely on for my best income. Um, so you make bow ties for weddings and stuff like that? Yeah, it is predominantly wedding orders. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, I think the wedding season's like... But at the time, I thought it would just be like a few months. And like at the very beginning, I was like, it's fine. Like I'm in a very privileged position. I had some savings behind me. Like worst case, I'll just live off savings for a bit. And then it all bounced back be fine but then it wasn't long before one I was like I can't just sit around because I'm just naturally creative I've already experienced running a business making money like I can't just sit around do nothing yeah so I just came up with various ideas and then scrunchies was one that just seemed to make sense because I just always having one on my wrist or in my hair they weren't so hard to make and had so much like an abundance of fabrics even though in lockdown I couldn't get anywhere so much fabric in my house I could use to like play around with so that's basically what I did and kept it a secret so it was called the secret project for a really long time on Instagram and no one knew Oh, right. This is an interesting one. So just for a bit of background, the reason I wanted to get you on here is because I just said literally before we started recording, I was speaking to someone else who's on the podcast and I said I really wanted to do an episode on building anticipation because obviously when I launched my new business this year, I kept that a secret as well. And for some unknown reason to me, whenever you say you're doing something secret, just like floods of message, like, what is it? Go on, just tell me. You're like, no. Yeah it's unbelievable and even like I mean I wouldn't say I've got like a huge amount of followers but just like random people just like what are you doing what is it and like people become so invested in what you're doing that they can't not know like I mean when I think about it as well I hate being kept out of the loop and I hate when there's a secret that I don't know about oh my god yeah same I can't handle it (laughs) so how long did you keep that a secret for Mm, I'm trying to remember so I launched on the 28th of April and I think I started teasing it Maybe as much as three weeks before then. I don't think it was any more than that. I think I maybe knew. I think I decided on the product at about end of March, beginning of April because I kept toying with different ideas. And then I just really enjoyed because that's when I kept using the purple devil emoji. And that's now my thing that I use all the time. Yeah. So I was constantly, I just felt so like cheeky, like no one knows. And I'm just winding them up. 
but it was so when you first started calling it the secret project in terms of like building anticipation and stuff like that did you know that people were going to have that sort of reaction because I feel like it's gone just like completely mental for you ever since then yeah completely and I think that is a lot to do with always making men's products and having such a female audience on my Instagram so when I finally branched out into something that they could purchase for themselves that was quite a big change almost as if they'd been waiting to be able to buy something to support me so I think that definitely played a part yeah I think I just was talking about it every day and really teasing it a lot that's a really interesting thing to say because I quite often get people asking me like just clients of mine and stuff I quite often get people asking me about like stories and posting on social media and people like you're so good on stories and I'm one of those people that literally just makes it up as I sort of go along I mean I do plan some stuff but not like a huge amount of stuff or I've got stuff in my head but how important do you think stories has been to actually helping you get to the level of success that you have with all the scrunchies oh so important like I literally have customers that leave me notes in the like notes to buy her that say I love watching your stories it's played such a huge really yeah which is completely mental to me I'm like people just like watching me wamble on about any old crap or (laughs) mainly Snowy as well she's her own small like Snowy's my house cat and she's got like a super fan group (laughs) you know in itself but um particularly talking on stories and just sharing like not even necessarily talking about your business people like to get to know you that's what I love about stories and it's as well like it's kind of rough and ready like it's not the photos could be like a bit blurry you could be talking about something completely irrelevant to your business but it's like relatable or like if you've had something really crap's happened and you share that like when I shared about Snowy being sick before people were like oh no and like <laughs> <laughs> or like a photo of my community literally absolute mess like people like to see the shit show oh, yeah. you know, like human. yeah they do I find that really interesting because I have some influencers that I like following that always look immaculate. Mm. And then there's like most of the accounts I like following. It's kind of like, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend. People said that I should start a home account when I renovated my flat. And I was like, absolutely not, because I'm just not that sort of tidy person. Like I like things to be tidy. But if you think that I'm going to be like sat on stories with a like perfectly kept home in the background, it's just not real life. No. It's not my reality. Yeah, exactly. And the more I share like things like that and the mess, like the more a response I get. I once had a story I put up about the state of my washing up when I had a big launch and I did like a video of it and it was all across my worktop and the amount, I, I think it's the most I've ever had people go back and look at it on my like stats. Really? Like, people like the mundane <laughs> reality so much. I guess as well, like I think there's been like a huge shift for small businesses on stories mm. of it used to be cool to try and make yourself look bigger than you actually are. Oh, yeah. But just it's just not relatable. People just can't find any sort of common ground with it. No, I used to, when I first started, in fact, I've gone back and looked, especially on my dog Instagram, where I can still scroll back. And I've looked at the beginning and I prefer to myself as we, like as if I've got a whole team behind me. Oh my God, we've all been there. Yeah, I know, always. I remember once, I'm going to regret admitting this on the podcast, when I had a customer complaint, this was literally in like in the first year, And I blamed it on a colleague that didn't exist. (laughs) That's just standard. Do you know, I actually sometimes will... So I have a VA that helps out with some like, you know, ad hoc sort of stuff here and there. So I created her an email signature so that I could reply to people as her on my behalf. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Not everyone. Not everyone that hears from Meg, it's from me. I always imagine you have an accent to be all these different people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Also, sometimes when you know you when you get sales call, this has nothing to do with building anticipation, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
you know sometimes you get sales calls through so I get them through to my mobile and I pick up and they go hi is this Lucy and I'm like Lucy's not here right now can I um take a message and then if it's someone I want to speak to I'll go this is actually Lucy but I just wanted to make sure that you weren't a salesperson yeah like oh wait no I want to hear this oh I'm gonna have to tell you my life (laughs) or I'll go like worst case scenario I'll be like yes one moment please and then I'll put them on hold and then I'll come back as myself and go hi Lucy speaking (laughs) pretend walking just gonna go get her yeah literally Lucy, someone's on the phone for you. (laughs) I love that. Literally. Yeah, I just think people just like to see the realness. And I guess as well for Mm -hmm. you, in terms of when I watch you go for like a new launch, you're showing you like making everything by hand, which I think really helps. Yeah, definitely. Because then they get to see like from me going around the charity shops, like look what I found. So then cutting it out and turning it into a scrunchie and then it's all boxed up and then it's sent off. Yeah, I think showing the whole journey as well, seeing it's gone from like, say, a dress in a charity shop to a scrunchie that you can buy. People like seeing that. Yeah, I guess also as well is if people see you going through a charity shop and they see a fabric that they like and they're like, oh my gosh, like I wonder if she's going to turn it to a scrunchie. But like, who knows? Like, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Yeah, maybe I will. (laughs) Maybe I'll keep it and wear it. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose... For you, it's fairly easy to do that. I'm not sure 100% if it would be for everyone else. I also think like, for example, with Partner in Wine, I mean, I've got new things happening next year, but I I don't feel like I can show them early on enough because I feel like with anticipation for you, because everything that you do is in quite a short period of time. So you'll spend like a few weeks, I guess, kind of putting everything together, finding stuff, like making it, all of that sort of stuff. It's really good because it's a short period of time and it keeps in the back of people's mind. Whereas when you have like, I don't know, a slightly longer lead time on a product, it's really hard to keep people's interest in that. Yeah, definitely. Mine are very, very quick from when I announce it to like, boom, (laughs) it's here. But I guess I rely, I mean, full control of it because I'm making it myself. Yeah, that is true. So you know exactly what the timelines are. Whereas, you know, me last week, I was like, will my products arrive in time for Christmas or will they not? (laughs) All the fun. Yeah, all the fun. And I had stuff on pre-order as well. I was like, oh gosh, right. Sticky situation. Arrived home on Saturday and there was a wall of boxes and I was like, yes. Oh my God. What a delightful sight. I know. No, sorry. I got home on Sunday. My little brother had obviously taken the box in on Saturday. Didn't think to tell me. I was like, um, when did these arrive? It's like, uh, yesterday morning. <laughs> so, right. Classic. Didn't think to maybe take a picture and send me and go, oh, Lucy, they've arrived. He was like, well, I didn't know you were waiting for them. I was like, you didn't realise I've been waiting for those for three months that I've been <laughs> talking to you about every single day. Right. Okay. Oh. Interesting. What a great listener. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they got here in the end. So, you know, that's fine. That's good. So do you have any tips that you would share with people for posting on stories and kind of building that anticipation? I would say keep talking about it because you'll probably think like you've said too much about it because obviously you're going to be aware yourself and you're going to be like, I've talked about too much and you very likely haven't. The amount of times, even when I'm sharing a countdown every day for the launch date, there'll be people messaging me being like, when is the launch? Have I missed it? And I'd be like, how have you missed it? Because I know when it is and I'm posting about it and I think I'm doing it enough and you probably still aren't. Yeah. And I would do quite a lot of like in the probably like the week run up to a launch date, I'd be doing a post every day sometimes two or three in a day which can be a bit mental you don't have to do that but sometimes I just get like I think so at the moment it's more 
I used to not reveal much of the products at all before a launch, like any of the designs. And now I found that actually revealing a lot of them makes it more exciting because people can plan and decide if they want to be around on the launch night because they want to buy that one. So I found that revealing more has worked, but that's not going to work for everybody, of course. And as well, another thing is like getting people involved. So like doing polls and quizzes and asking questions, which can also potentially help with direction for you if you need like someone's opinion on whether to go with A or B. That's been really good. And then they all kind of feel like they're helping with the design process. Obviously, again, that isn't going to work for everybody, but I found that works quite well for me. Yeah, I think both of those things I could definitely relate to. And I yeah. think in terms of the repetition thing, Elizabeth, as in Elizabeth Styles for anyone listening that doesn't know the lovely Elizabeth, I remember when she did her, I think it was her launch that she did 10K mm. in, but she revealed how many posts and how many stories she'd done to get to that point. And it was I can't remember how many it was now, but it was like, you look at the stats and you think, well, that's a, like a really ludicrous amount to be posting. Yep. But following along, I didn't really feel that the amount of times that I was exposed to it, I didn't really feel like I had been overwhelmed by it. So no. I think it's interesting is you don't actually see it as much as you think you have. And I think people say as well, I think you have to see something I think it's like a crazy number now. Like I think it's, it's like eleven times or something. Yeah, it used to be like seven, and I think it's genuinely gone up to twenty something now, which is absolutely I'm gonna have to find that out. Mental. I know neither of us know. Great. I don't want to give out false information. I'm like eleven. What? I don't know. <laughs> it's something. I heard ridiculous. it. Yeah, I heard a stat that was from Apple that they had said that customers have to see an advert of their product x amount of times for it actually to go into their head and go, oh, maybe I'll buy that. Yeah. Which is just mental. But yeah, it works the same for small businesses too. And it works the same for Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Because algorithm, etc., And just generally, sometimes you decide not to look at your phone for ages. Yeah. And then obviously with people getting involved, I think that's really interesting. And there's obviously like a number of ways that you can do it. I think for you, obviously, it's, it's so good because you can be like, oh, I've not made them yet, but should I do it in this fabric or this fabric? Yeah. And then actually, you kind of know what the demand is already, which yeah. is a really clever yeah. way of doing it. Do you find that when you do that and people like get involved and say, do it with this, do you find that those sell out quicker? Yeah, it's funny. Like the one that I revealed and I just put a picture on the grid and people just went absolutely mental for it. It was one of my most saved posts I've ever put on Instagram. Really? I made sure that like I had loads like prepped ready for launch night and it did do well. And I was like, yeah, it worked. <laughs> the stats helped me. But like I've the also- The stats like, work. Yeah. I've also put up a fabric that I put up a poll and said like, should I launch this one or should I save it for spring summer? Because it was quite floral, but I really loved it. I actually also knew like regardless of what they said, I loved it so much. I think I was going to do it anyway. And the poll predominantly said no, but those that said yes really, really wanted it. So I basically split the fabric in half. I was like, I'll keep half for next year and then launch half for the collection. Oh, that's good. So it, was quite it was a really like strong no, but those that were yes were like all messaging me like I need it. So I was like, okay, I've got to do something about this. A divider. Such a divider, yeah. Like Marmite either love it or you hate it yeah yeah that's a really interesting one I know a lot of business owners that do these polls and go I already know what I'm gonna do I just want people to feel like they're involved and I'm like but most of the time when you know what you're going to do already does the poll sway that way or does it sway the other way because what do you do when it sways the other way you think in your head oh well I'm just gonna put it up for the sake of it but I know that I'm gonna do this already um trying to think if that's like happened do you know what, I think actually sometimes what I do is I put both answers are positive so it's just to see how many people are interested so you know like you can just be like both answers could be like yes I can't wait or the other one would be like love it 
and then you see how many people click and then you get a total of like how many people are interested yeah but then it's kind of like to see if people are excited yeah I've not had one that's gone like tragically wrong where I'm like I love it and no one wants it <laughs> thank god yet yeah I don't know the thing is though I feel like if you put a poll up like that I don't know whether with you I think people would probably still go yeah but anyway you know yeah shop <laughs> yeah. small all that yeah someone's gonna like it like with small batch and like handmade stuff it's always gonna be someone's cup of tea which I think is really cool yeah exactly something for everyone so obviously we've been in lockdown which has been tragic in itself tragic 2020 but I actually always find that this is gonna sound really annoying but maybe you'll have the same opinion as me as bad as 2020 has been I feel like it's been such an incredible year for small businesses like what the hell has happened Oh I've seen so many people just like thriving. Yeah. So, so many people like businesses that have literally started this year and they've just absolutely skyrocketed or just businesses that have had their best year. People are having like the most insane Christmases. One person I follow, she had a month where she took what she'd normally take like, orders wise quantity, like in a year within a, in a month. No. Which is at absolutely mental I just but I don't know if I'm just in a little bubble where I'm following all these businesses that are doing well and I'm just like that's all I'm seeing which may be but I don't think it is I think there's just a buzz isn't there in general like so many people are discovering shopping small for the first time ever because they've been at home so they're shopping online and then they're choosing to shop small because they're seeing like just being like a year of like spreading kindness to balance out all the shit yeah no I totally agree I I find it really weird that people are just discovering shopping small for the first time But I also think that because of furlough and stuff, people have been able to pursue their like talents. So like there's so many like small makers and like creators and stuff like that who've been able to get something off the ground while they've had more time in their hands, I think. Oh my God, yeah, completely. It's been so amazing watching like businesses literally start and grow just this year and like really be successful. Yeah, no, definitely. I also think as well, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I've noticed so many people sharing all small businesses that they possibly can on Instagram, which I find has been really helpful. And I know it's been helpful to other people as well that have had their own businesses. Oh my God. Yeah. I found so many from other people sharing. Have you? Do you feel like people have found you as well through that? Yeah, definitely. Massive. Yeah, that's amazing. Feels like such a nice little cute community going on on Instagram. I love. And I just love that like people who normally shop with like bigger retailers are now shopping small because I think yeah. there's so many unique and individual things to have. I love something that no one else has. Yeah, same. And it's just whenever you buy from like a small business, it's the way it's all wrapped up. It just feels like it's a little present every time. It does. I actually just unwrapped some. Have you heard of South London Makers Market? I was just about to talk about them. I always want to buy everything. <gasps> yeah, love it. Well, I've just bought something from not the one this weekend, but the previous one. I think it was like two weeks ago. And I feel like you'll really enjoy this. I bought these candles that say, let's drink on them. Oh, yes. That's a bit amazing. And they just arrived today. But it says on them, it was like, you can burn them. But like, obviously, you probably won't want to because they've got like, let's drink on them, for example. But yeah, the way she wrapped up, it came with like a little handwritten note. that said like, shop small, all of that. It's wrapped up in a little bow. Really nice. I love that. Honestly, I've ordered so much that I can't remember what's coming anymore. It's really exciting. I know. That's, well, no, I was going to say that's the downside, but it's not really the downside, is it? Let's be honest, because everyone loves a present. I love buying presents for myself. Yeah, like if you buy so many that you forget, then it's like you're constantly getting presents. And I can't deny I love presents. So who doesn't love presents? 
I know you do because you told me the other day you bought loads of stuff for yourself and I was quite jealous so I think maybe I <laughs> went and ordered something as well it's like really sad to know that when you haven't like got anything coming you're kind of like oh I know I think it is maybe it's like that's a thing like whenever I've got nothing coming I'm like I better order some more stuff I do that on Etsy all the time because with Etsy you just never know when it's going to turn up oh yeah no it's all part of the fun it's all part of the fun cool well thank you so much for coming a podcast I feel like this has been really nice to chat oh thank you for having me on that's all right love having a little chat with a fellow wine lover I do not that we've talked about that but you know (laughs) outside the podcast exactly so where can people find you and where can people shop so the best place to find me is on my instagram which is at bowtieuk underscore which is b-e-a-u-t-i-e-u-k underscore or for the dog ones it's dog and bow that's the best place because try to tell you the whole link there just link in bio on instagram link in bio han (laughs) (laughs) i actually need to buy woody a bow tie i need to buy my little doggy a bow tie you have he's a cavapuchon oh so cute so he's a he's a mix between a cavachon which is a cavalier and a bichon then mix the toy poodle but he doesn't it's funny because i got woody five years ago and since then so many people have been influenced to buy a cavapuchon because of how gorgeous woody is but none of them look like woody he kind of just looks like his own breed he's just he doesn't have curly hair or anything he's just kind of like this little mini golden doggy (laughs) great description (laughs) doggy yeah he's really cute so cute actually weirdly i even someone that ended up being a client of mine actually i was cycling through bushy park in lockdown i saw this dog and i cycled past went oh looks like woody and off i cycled about two hours later i got a dm on instagram going this is really weird but i think you cycled past me in bushy park and you said that dog looks like woody and as soon as you said that i knew it was you (laughs) (laughs) it's famous i was like oh okay and she was like yeah I bought a cavapusha because of Woody but yeah at this point I did vaguely know her but I was like that's really small world yeah well, anyway. funny, like her experience is you just stop and go oh, looks like Woody and then cycling off well, I didn't even stop I just cycled past and I think I like screamed it back to my dad who was behind me like oh dad look there's her Woody yes. <laughs> cool thanks so much for being on and yeah basically I don't know if this will be going out before or after Christmas, but if it's before Christmas, go and shop with Emma. And if it's after Christmas, go and shop with Emma anyway, because support sister. Oh yeah, same, same. Same, same. Cool, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found value in that, whether you are looking to launch a product yourself or you're just interested in the process make sure you subscribe to the podcast and please, please, please leave a review if you enjoyed this episode or you are enjoying the series. It really does mean a lot to have your feedback and to know that you guys are listening and involved. So yeah, please do go and subscribe and make sure you're following me on Instagram. You can follow me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. You can follow at The Winging It Podcast. And if you want digital marketing tips, you can follow at Sassy Digital. And obviously, if I've got any breath left, please go and follow at Partner in Wine UK, where as well as posting about all of our latest products and everything that we're launching, I do make sure that we do plenty of behind the scenes so you can see exactly what it is like to run a product-based business. And I'll be back next week with another episode.